You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Mission Matters Live, a program focused on promoting a spirit of mission among the people of God in the Archdiocese of Chicago. My name is Megan Mio. I'm coordinator of the mission office, and our engineers this morning are Mike and Javier. You are listening to WNDZ 750 AM. This month, we are broadcasting on the third Thursday of the month from 830 to 9 AM. Today, we are blessed to have with us Renata Schneider, who is the president and founder of Haitian Connection, a nonprofit organization based in Illinois that coordinates programs in education, building houses, microcredit, and entrepreneurial opportunities, as well as mental health care and special outreach projects in multiple regions of Haiti. Renata has overseen the development of many of these projects herself and has lived and worked in Haiti for over 20 years. And she's also a Mary Knoll affiliate. And we are so lucky today. This is it. This is the first guest I'm having in studio for over a year. So we're very, very lucky to have Renata with us. Um, Now, I asked her to be with us today because of her great love for the people of Haiti and her ongoing accompaniment of Haitian communities. Haiti is going through a difficult time right now, as you may have heard in the news, as President Chauvenel Moïse was assassinated on July 7th, just last month. There is still so much we don't know about the future of this Caribbean nation, but one important form of mission is to learn about our brothers and sisters around the world, So I have asked Renata to help us understand the situation in Haiti with the eyes of faith and love for our family members. So I wish you a very good morning, Renata, and thank you very much for joining us. Welcome. Well, good morning. I appreciate that you invited me because wherever I go, I always like to talk about Haiti. (laughs) Unfortunately, you know, it's not always... uh, pleasant or good events that uh, ask us to talk about Haiti, like these past couple of years have not been very good. But there's still, you know, these these nuggets of people, events and people's happenings that are really positive. And we don't really Mm -hmm. hear about those a lot. So, uh, but you know, what happened with the assassination is obviously tragic and Mm -hmm. nobody really expected that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and we'll get into all of that, including 
some things that we don't hear about quite so often mm-hmm. uh, in the news and in, in other places. So as I said in the introduction, you are the founder and president of Haitian Connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'd like to learn more about yourself, your background, um, what brought you to this day today and your your love and interest in the people of Haiti. So tell us about yourself, please. Well, as you can hear by my accent, originally I'm from Germany, and I came to the U.S. as an immigrant when I was uh, in my early 20s. I went to graduate school here to get a master's in psychology, Hmm. Uh, Hmm. and then I did various community activities and the majority of my working life here was spent in the medical field, mm. in mm-hmm. uh, neurology, mm. and later on in sleep research at the University of Chicago. And uh, in between, I got a master's in pastoral studies at CTU. Mm-hmm. And uh, currently, I'm uh, enrolled actually in the DMIN program, which I also noticed you have a, <laughs> you graduated with a DMIN. I hadn't talked about that yet. <laughs> no, no. So, oh, that's wonderful. So that's, uh, that's basically my background. The mm-hmm. majority of time in the U.S. I lived in Gary, Indiana, and uh, uh, then I moved to Chicago. I live in Hyde Park currently, and uh, Mm -hmm. that's kind of my background. Yeah, so you have, it sounds like you have a mix, certainly in your education, and I think in your experience of uh, the medical field, the psychological studies and practices, and now moving into more pastoral ministry Mm -hmm. and mission. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Yes. Um, So then... um, how often have you been traveling to Haiti? Well, I when I started in Haiti, which was around um, early 2000, you know, okay. I just went for a trip to an exploratory trip with, which was actually organized by Mary Noel Affiliates, okay. and uh, uh, you know, I had gone on a number of these trips to Guatemala, to El Salvador, to Honduras, mm-hmm. and then the invitation came to Haiti, and I just said, "Oh, Haiti, that's so interesting." You know, it's a different yeah, culture, it's a different linguistically, it's different, mm-hmm. and so I went, and I was just kind of hooked on that because people always say. You can't be lukewarm about Haiti. You either like it a lot or you don't like it at all, oh, you know. Okay. So, uh, and with me, I just absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. So then I got an invitation because this uh, spirit and priest, Father Joseph, wanted to start a university in a small town called Fondois. And he asked me if I could be on the planning committee. So uh, I went a couple of times, and then I decided that uh, I would go for a year. Mm-hmm. And I asked my boss my at the Sleep Disorder Center whether I could have that year off, and she said, okay. Actually, we started before we got to that point. I suggested to her to do a sleep study uh, because with people that just follow the light-dark cycle, that mm. because there's no electricity. So sure. we kind of looked at how they would be sleeping. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, so that was six weeks. That was sort of my testing to see whether I could actually live there, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And uh, then after that, I let a little time pass. I consulted with my kids, and they said, oh, go for it, Mom. You know, they were very supportive. And uh, so I decided to take a year off. But after a year, you can't really take off because you're just getting... Yeah, you're just the, starting to get to know... You're just starting to get to know people, the culture, yeah, the language, right. and all that. So then I decided 
I upped it to three years. <laughs> of course, I had to quit my job because I couldn't get <laughs> off that long. Yes. You know? so, so I did that, and uh, I had some funds set aside because normally when you volunteer in Haiti, you don't get paid. Mm-hmm. Actually, you pay. You pay for your stay, you pay for oh, your yeah. food, because, right. you yeah. know, that's kind of the expectation. They're taking care of you. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. But it allowed me to uh, uh, apply some skills that I knew I didn't have. I mean, that I didn't know I had, I should say mm-hmm. it like that, because actually it turns out I'm a very good administrator, <gasps> and I'm doing that very well, and yeah. I'm doing well with people relations. But after three years, uh, my... Um, the funds I had set aside uh, were finished. Mm-hmm. So I had to decide what to do. And thank God, I have always been welcome back to the Sleep Disorder Center because it's oh. kind of a niche field and you can uh, have mm-hmm. a job whenever, you know, if they like you, I mean, <laughs> if they want you. So that's how, how actually my involvement started. Oh. And then after a year in the U.S., in Chicago again, I just said I have to go back. You know, I just have it's calling <laughs> have to, me it's back. It's calling me back. I have to go wow. back. Now, the interesting thing too is that uh, on one of my revisits before I went there permanently, um, I flew out on the day that Haiti had the earthquake. Mm. So when I left Port-au-Prince in the afternoon, and I landed in Florida, in Miami the earthquake had already happened. Wow. So, you know, there were lots of Haitians on the plane, and they were just, you know, I mean, you couldn't get a hold of anybody because all the phone lines were down and mm-hmm. everything, so mm-hmm. they were just distraught, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So it took a long time to figure out actually what was going on, and mm-hmm. uh, for the first couple of weeks, I don't think I even unpacked my suitcase. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I wasn't at work, I was looking at TV. You know, right, trying to, to understand, trying to understand yeah. and see what happened, and I just had left friends there, and you know, I have friends in Port-au-Prince, and so it was really very, very traumatic, yeah, you know. But I'm sure. uh, so, in any case, and then after that, I decided. Well, um, I called up uh, a, a then senator who uh, has a a technical school in a town called Jeremy, which is in the southwest area of Haiti. And I said to him, well, why don't we start a university? Because all the universities in Port-au-Prince were closed, you know, Mm -hmm. because of the earthquake, either destroyed or just not functioning. And he said, oh, that's a good idea. Why don't you do that? (laughs) (laughs) And I I said, well, (laughs) you know, how could we do it? We didn't have a dime in funds to do this, you know. So uh, uh, then I thought, well, how could we do it to get staff and faculty and all that? And I I suggested that we start with a year of general studies. Mm -hmm. So I contacted every professor that I knew from various universities, and I asked them would they not come to Haiti and teach a course. And what we wanted to do is Mm -hmm. teach a course, one course at a time, so that they would come for three weeks Mm -hmm. and then go back and we would start the next course. And they were not asking for anything. We would just provide housing and meals. And that worked out very, very well. Like pro bono work, right? Yes, yes. Just sharing your expertise. And they Mm -hmm. really enjoyed it. But to really understand the difficulty, that university, even though it had some buildings, it had no electricity. 
So we had one portable generator that if somebody wanted to use PowerPoint, <laughs> we had to carry the portable <laughs> generator to the classroom. And so everything had to be coordinated. Wow. With 100 uh, students, we started out with 100 students, and uh, it was an adventure. It really mm -hmm. was an adventure. Looking back, I said, how did it ever come off, you know? but. <laughs> Well, it sounds like a mission to me. <laughs> it's exactly what it sounds like. You make something out of nothing. I think that's that's the you know yeah that's the yeah. hope and um, the passion for the people and the the needs that you can see. You just you say well, we got to do this. We just got to figure out a way mm -hmm. because this is what they are asking for, and and we right. we can add you know something mm -hmm. to uh, make life easier. Well, it sounds like tell me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you you had this initial experience and just. Everything changed. Your your priorities changed in your life. You know that you just started to say, "I think I I think this is where I want to put my mm -hmm. energies more and more." Like you said, you kind of tested it out at first, right? Right. But then exactly. it started to just become more and more um, the area where you really wanted yeah. to, to to focus your yeah. time and energy. Um, we'll, we're going to talk more about Haitian connection in the second half of our show. So we'll hear more about how that um, came about in the course of all these events. Uh, in your life as well. But I, I'd like us to just start talking about the recent news, too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because um, we know people probably have been hearing about this in the news. Um, uh, a lot of intrigue, a lot of uh, investigations going on uh, after this um, uh, recent events. So what can you tell us from your knowledge, because you've got your own contacts in Haiti, about what's going on in, in Haiti today? And then also, how are the people that you've come to know feeling about the okay. situation? Well, the people that I know, and you know, they say that oh, every, almost everybody feels that way, mm. is that despite uh, Jovenel was the president of Haiti, was not a beloved figure, mm. uh, but that shock of the assassination made everybody feel really uneasy. And then mm. they were saying too, if the president isn't secure, yeah. Well, who's secure? Right. You know, who who has security in this country? And considering that Jovenel, the president, was surrounded by nine layers of uh, security. Yeah. How what can you, how, you know, what happened? And so there are still many, many questions. And also the speed with which uh, Haitian police then arrested people, like the Columbans and other people, is very unusual because there are mm. many unsolved attacks on prominent journalists and other prominent figures uh -huh. that have not been resolved for the last four or five years. Mm. So it's interesting that they would just have this kind of, you know, um, and mm -hmm. in Haiti, it's oftentimes a little difficult to figure out, well, what exactly is going on? Who's behind this? Mm. You know, because right now they have 40 people arrested, and mm. the 40 people didn't do it for charity. Mm. You know, right. they had to be paid. Yeah. So there's yeah, yeah, yeah. many, many questions. Yeah. But the problem is it's always the people on the ground that then suffer. Mm. And one big error that the president, former president made is that he allied himself with gangs. And there's over 100 gangs right now. Now, this is only a country of 11 million people. They mm -hmm. control over half of the country at this point. Mm. And, uh, uh, you know, you, you do sort of a Faustian uh, agreement. Mm. You know, you think they get, but, you know, at some point, they're also going to turn around and, and not yeah. really, you know, are loyal, right. you know. Very loyalty. unstable. Yes, yeah. very unstable connection and, and all that. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
so there have been under his reign there have been like 18 massacres mm. perpetuated by the gangs you mm. know mm-hmm. so uh, um, and just 15 days before he was assassinated there were two very prominent community activists and a journalist along with 15 other people who were gunned down mm. you know and of course those per- perpetrators have not been caught yeah. so mm-hmm. it's very unstable it has been unstable mm-hmm. but one cannot forget that the United States also plays a role in all this, Mm -hmm. you know, because once the president was assassinated, Mm -hmm. uh, there there was no government left because actually the person who should have taken his place was the highest Supreme Court judge. Mm -hmm. Well, he died of COVID a week before. That's another thing that Haiti's dealing with. Then he had uh, uh, dismissed his, his... prime minister, who was only an interim prime minister. Mm. He had appointed a new one, but that new one wasn't sworn in yet. And then there is the president Mm. of the Senate. So the U.S. flew in this uh, envoy, Mm -hmm. and he talked to them, and they resolved the situation. Mm -hmm. So the new, not sworn in prime minister is now prime minister. Mm. The old prime minister is... uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs, and the President of the Senate uh, has some other position. I'm not quite clear what that is, but it shows you that the Americans are really in there, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, uh, why do why are they in there? What do they do? Um, they those people that are appointed there, they are known quantities to the United States. But they're not, and they won't, and the United States is pushing for quick elections. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, in my opinion, that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. There is a grouping of over 300 civil organizations in Haiti from churches, from all kinds of walks of life, and they want a Haitian solution for Haiti. Right. And, uh, but that takes time. Right. You can't do it tomorrow or next month, you know. Yep. And yeah, yeah. Uh, again, those people in those groupings are not known quantities to the U.S., you know. Sure. So, uh, so there's all kinds of things. I mean, it's going to take a while before the truth is really yeah. coming out because a lot of stuff you hear is just bizarre. And, right. you know, I'm sure a lot of it are also rumors because in this kind of situation, rumors fly. You oh, know? Yeah. oh, yeah. And keep in mind, we're still in a pandemic. Right? Yes. As you said, you yes. know, people have died. Of I COVID, mean, they so. just, Haiti just got vaccines. So they're starting actually oh, to good. vaccinate people. But there's also a lot of yeah. vaccine hesitancy, just like for yeah. people here with the same kind of reasons. Misinformation. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. the problem is with the gangs, get back to the gangs, is since they control so much territory, uh, goods that come from Port-au-Prince to go into the provinces can't get through because those major roads are blocked. And goods that, like, for example, Jeremy and the Grand Dance Department uh, supplies a lot of fruit and vegetable and goods to Port-au-Prince, and they can't get through either. So all these people are losing, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for example, you can't get gas in Jeremy right now. Oh you gosh. know, so yeah. so nothing functions because you don't have stable electricity and the electric company has no gas. Oh, my gosh. So they can't, and if you have a private generator, you have no gas. You can't run it. Yeah. You, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So it's like, you know, but I do give Haitians a lot of credit. I have great, great respect. 
because I don't see another country where people would have been able or are able to continue to function. Yeah, they, you know, they, yeah. and the interesting part about Haiti as a psychologist is that people don't uh, commit suicide; it's just not done. Oh, wow. You know, I mean, it's it's just amazing. Like I spent some time in Nicaragua and uh, El Salvador, and people there commit uh, suicide. You know, especially young men. Hmm. But Haiti, no. Not. You so know, so which is which is pretty amazing. But yeah. the fact that they can get up every day, n- not having a centime, not a cent in their house, and now they have to see how I'm going to feed my three kids, how I'm going to get some food for myself, right. just the basic necessities, and that kind of struggle every single day. Who can do that? I mean, yeah. I couldn't do that. Such resilience. Know? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Well, we're going to talk some more about the people of Haiti. Uh, no, we're not. We're not going to take a break right now. <laughs> we're going to keep going. Um, well, like you said, once you get started talking I know, about I Haiti, know, it's hard not to, not to take a break. So we're not going to take a break. We're going to keep going. I thought we might, but no. So let's continue. Um, okay. And we can learn a little bit more about Haitian Connection as well. Okay. As I mentioned, you're the um, president and founder of Haitian Connection, a nonprofit that coordinates programs in education, housing, uh, entrepreneurial opportunities, and mental health care. We know that this and mental, excuse me, mental health care is very important to you. So um, let's let's hear about how did that start. Now you mentioned that you first went to Haiti through your connection with Mary Noel. Um, and then the school, founding of a school, were those separate from Haitian Connection, or did all those things happen at the same time? Well, they were somewhat separate because uh, actually Haitian Connection started with the idea of building houses because what happened when the earthquake destroyed large housing housing for people in Port-au-Prince, a lot of them went out to the countryside. Mm-hmm. And in general, in Haiti... Um, it's not it's not a very egalitarian society. Women suffer a lot. Mm-hmm. I give you a small example. If there's food in the house, the man gets fed first, then the children, and whatever is left over, the woman will get. Mm. So, you know, so what we wanted to do, we wanted to build houses for women and their children because... Mm-hmm. Uh, Usually, people are not in stable relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, men are mostly polygamous, and women practice serial monogamy. <laughs> so what mm-hmm. we wanted to do in order to give women more and a safe place to live, we wanted to build houses for them and their children. Mm-hmm. And the condition was that they needed to have title to the land, which they either got from their father or they sold something or whatever, you know, and that at the point that we would build a house for them, they could not have a significant other in their lives. And so we now have built 104 houses for women and their children. Mm -hmm. It's an absolute joy. Mm -hmm. But in order, each house is built for Mm $2,000. It has a living room, two bedrooms, and a latrine outside of the house. Um, but in order to get some funds, some people here really want the tax deduction. <laughs> and so, you know, to me, it doesn't really matter that much, honestly. But some people really want the tax deduction, and so we went ahead and incorporated. You know, ah, so, so that was the reason. This, 
you know, nonprofit, nonprofit, yeah, five hundred one c three, yes, yes, uh, and so and so people that yeah, are interested in the tax deduction are getting that. Tax, tax deduction. And then for building, are you using supplies, labor, that's well, local, everything right? Haitian. So mm-hmm. that's the other advantage of that program is that it, in each community where we build these houses, first of all, we don't select the houses. It's the community itself. Most rural communities in Haiti have women's clubs or children's clubs or whatever, mothers' clubs, and uh, they select the woman who they feel should be in line to get a house. Mm. So that kind of yeah. avoids jealousy or the idea of preferential treatment for whatever reason. So they choose, mm. and then all the local, there's about 10 to 12 people involved in the building of each house. And then uh, uh, the materials, everything is bought in Haiti. And I have two uh, gentlemen who manage all of that for me, and I have to say they have never asked for one dime. It's all volunteer work, and that's very unusual in Haiti. You know, that includes traveling to the site, supervising the site, selecting the people that are working on it, and all of that. It's amazing. They're just amazing, you know. So you see there's lots of potential Mm-hmm. in Haiti, you know, right. but it's it's just not, if the leadership is not there, it's not explored enough, right. you know. Yeah, there's this very strong sense of community. Yes, of, yes. Of people really knowing their neighbors, knowing what their needs are, and coming right. together to right. meet them. Right, right. Yeah. So, wow. so that's how we started. I was saying, and now you've expanded. I, I had a laundry list there at the top of all the different <laughs> kinds of services <laughs> that Haitian Connection has gotten involved in. And we can't go through every single one of them, unfortunately, given our time limit. But, um, but I know you also did do. Oh, we have we have three minutes left, so we have not enough time to talk about everything for sure. But you did do some education around mental health, right, and yes. training of mental health workers. We actually have a group of community mental health workers, and we trained them for six months. We invited different people in that had a mental health background. Uh, we focused on different techniques. We actually have a. Uh, a uh, manual developed that mm. uh, that they can use and that program has been ongoing what i really like about the programs of Haitian connection that they're all ongoing mm-hmm. so even though for this past year because of covid and the insecurity i've not been in haiti but i'm in touch with haiti every every day so but they're continuing and that's really what i wanted to do yeah i mean it's the sustainability and everything we're talking about today with regard to the work that you've been involved with this is all mission. I mean, you may, I don't know if you use that word all the time. Well, <laughs> being a Mary Noel affiliate, maybe you do, but um, but this is all aspects of mission that, that are just excellent no matter where you are, whether and, you're in Haiti or the U.S. or anywhere else. And mission is a two-way street, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, and that, if we look at it as a two-way street, then uh, uh, it's not a top-down, I'm doing for them, right. you know. So that establishes a different type of relationship, and I think that's kind of what wow. Marinol taught me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now you are a Marinol affiliate. Before we run out of time, just want to hear a few words about what does that mean and, and how has that helped you in your Well, that helps me because we meet regularly. We give each other support. And Mm -hmm. then the whole idea of mission, which is very different from uh, uh, converting people to Mm -hmm. something because Mm -hmm. Haitians have such tremendous faith. They don't need to, they don't need conversion, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's more in the sense of solidarity and standing with them 
uh, that's yeah. my sense of, of why I'm there. Yeah, and just with our last 30 seconds, um, what, what can you suggest that we do, those of us who are hearing about what's going on in Haiti? I mean, my first sense is pray. Yes, that's very important, and Haitian pray all the time. And, uh, you know, there's always the possibility of my Haitian Connections website. You could donate money, and we're going to uh, uh, rework the university somewhat and see how we can integrate uh, online teaching. Mm. And so if somebody would be interested in that, they can contact me, and then we can see, you know, they wouldn't even have to travel to Haiti. So, yeah. uh, Okay. Excellent. Needs to establish a little bit of infrastructure, but yeah, we're working so on it. Go to the Haitian Connection website. It's HaitianConnection.org. Very simple, yes. <laughs> easy to remember. Yes. Um, and we've been seeing it on our video if you're watching us online. Um, and I would imagine, too, just what we're doing here today, learn a little bit more about what's going on in Haiti. Understand how these relationships have developed over the years between the U.S. and Haiti and other parts of the world. Um, and what's how the people of Haiti really have uh, come to take care of one another and what mm-hmm. we can learn from that. So thank you very much for joining us, Renata. Well, thank, thank you for having me. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And like I said, I always like to talk about Haiti. Anytime. Okay, great. Well, I'll remind our listeners of HaitianConnection.org. You can learn a little bit more about Haiti and, uh, and offer some support as well. So don't forget to tune in next month for more Mission Matters Live. Thank you for listening. And remember always be on mission.